This is First Class Counselors, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. First Class Counselors is dedicated to young and up-and-coming camp mavericks. By equipping and empowering our on-the-ground staff, camp directors can rest easy knowing that our campers are having the true life-changing experience that parents expect. Find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and professionals at camphacker.tv. Hello, Camp Pros. This is Olive Gregan, Summer and Family Camp Director at YMCA Camp Tool. And I'm Matt Hansberger, and I'm the Executive Producer of Podcasting at Go Camp Pro, and you are tuned in to First Class Counselors. This series is for the camp directors to give to their counselors as they hire and prepare them for the upcoming summer. That's right, because as we say every time on this show, the camp counselors are the key to success at camp. If they do their job well and they uh, are making those great impressions with campers, then the campers are going to want to come back year after year. So camp counselors, they have the most important job, and that's why we're here. Yep, we're here to cover one specific topic and cover the essentials as fast as we can. It's the need to knows. They can't go without. The fundamentals. The basics. So, Matt, the topic we're going to talk about today is not just a topic we came up with out of thin air. Tell us a little bit about why we picked what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, sometimes we come up with, with good topics all on our own, but it's nice that we uh, we get some emails from time to time with some suggestions of what uh, camp directors or what camp counselors want to be learning more about, and this was one of those. So I'm going to read you the email. Uh, I'll be a little cryptic about it. Uh, I'll read you the email that we got. So this said, hi, first class counselors. I am uh, a senior staff at my camp, and I run the counselor and training program. I have a suggestion for a topic that I would find helpful on first-class counselors, setting boundaries with older campers. I'd love to hear anything you guys have to say about working with older campers and teens because I've definitely noticed some of my coworkers struggling with this and setting boundaries uh, with campers and counselors. I joined staff later than most at the age of 24, so I can't really speak from experience when I tell an 18-year-old staff member why they can't talk about certain things with a 16-year-old staff member. What do we do um, when we're setting those boundaries and how can we help our staff make good decisions? Yeah, and it's a great topic and we're really excited to talk about it today. So when we're talking about teens, you know, there's a lot of different things we want to cover. So first off is what are the different programs that teens are a part of at their camp and why do those programs exist? Across the board, we have so many different options that parents and campers choose from. It's important to know why they might be choosing those topics. The importance of boundaries, just like our writer asked us about, we're going to talk about that and how to work with older campers. How do you speak with them? How do you act around them? What you can do to be a better role model with these teenagers. Also, but we want to talk about some of the challenges that come with teens and some of the positives and, you know, what comes after teen leadership. You know, there's a lot that goes into what these kids experience are going to be when they're here at camp and what happens after. Almost the whole point of the program is about preparing them sometimes for what comes after. So as you're here looking to work with teams, what are some things that you can do to make sure that you're better suited when you become a teen counselor? So uh, the first thing we want to talk about today are those programs, though. So uh, we have a kind of a running list and we'll go through them really quickly. And then Matt's going to talk about why some of these programs are kind of important. Uh, for teens or why they're offered in general. So uh, going through, we have trips. So that would be actually leaving camp and maybe going somewhere far away. It might be a little bit more comfortable and going to another camp and checking that camp out. It might be going camping for an extended period of time. There's a lot of different types of trips out there. Uh, Another version of a trip is also a service trip. So this might be you're going somewhere to serve and help the community that you're going to be a part of, which is another great way. Um, We also have outdoor educational trips. You might be going somewhere to learn something about that area. For example, uh, you might be, it's a cool one, traveling to the Galapagos and learning about the wildlife there. You never know. These places can go far and wide, close, uh, but it's a really just a learning experience. Uh, On a lot of camps, there's things like leaders and training programs where they're focused on leadership. Another close uh, substitute for that might be the counselors and training program, learning how to be a counselor. And then there's also a staff and training program, which is, you know, exactly what it sounds like, how are we going to prepare these kids to be staff one day? So that's really important as well. All three of those, some camps have different ways of defining them, we say, but uh, each one kind of has its own house as well that you can kind of focus on as well. Uh, Some kids are just coming back to camp 
to do regular old camp. They want to come back to a traditional overnight camp at 15, 16, 17 years old and just enjoy camp for what it traditionally has always been. You know, some fun, some games and seeing old friends. Uh, some kids who are in their teens are now going to go to a sports camp. This might be more focused on a sport that they care about playing. And it might be one to two weeks of just playing basketball or just playing football or field hockey, whatever the sport might be. So there's a lot of different options out there for teens. Um, sometimes they're also trying to go to a college prep camp uh, or a computer camp. So just like there's a lot of different camps offered, there's a lot of different ways that teens can enrich themselves and have a great summer. So um, Matt's going to talk to us a little bit about why our campers might choose some of these options and what goes into that choice. Yeah, I, th I think that if you look at the the kinds of things that we mentioned in, in these trips, especially like that leader in training, counselor in training, staff in training trips, a lot of those things highlight on the themes of um, wanting responsibility and wanting to step up to take on more challenges and test their skills. And I think that um, that's really important to note. We're gonna, when we get into talking about like the, the challenges of working with teens, it's important that we remember why they're there. And it's because they want to be a leader. Maybe they've had a counselor in the past that's really um, had a great impression on them and they want to start being like them, right? So they've had a good role model and they want to maybe translate that into becoming a staff member or a teacher someday. And working at camp is like the most applicable experience ever. And I think what's also uh, good to remember is especially if you have teens who have been longtime campers, they're there for the same reason that every other camper is there. They have this built up love of camp and they wanna continue where they've left off. Maybe they've made friends and made close connections. Or maybe if some of those campers were anything like me as a teenager, maybe camp was that safe space for them. And maybe that's where they came to feel popular or feel like they're part of a crowd or you know, get away from the, the crap of high school or maybe what's going on at home or social media. So maybe camp is that like safe haven for them. Um, and as they get older, I think we should be honored that they've chosen camp still when a lot of their friends maybe think that they're too cool for camp or um, that they've gone off and gotten jobs as teenagers. But if they're still coming to camp as a teen camper, I think that's absolutely amazing. And we should honor that and think of that as a positive before we think of the challenges. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to start off with some of the awesome parts of working with teens. Why is it so cool to be in that area of camp? So to start off, for me, they can just take care of themselves. If you're a teen leadership counselor uh, in some way or a teen counselor, your campers know how to wake up, take a shower, eat, change their clothes daily, take care of themselves in the basics, right? Sometimes they might need a reminder or sometimes they might start to smell, especially if you're with maybe some younger teens, like 13 and 14 year olds. But at the end of the day, they're much more autonomous than say your seven or eight year olds who are coming to camp for the first time. Uh, these teens might still experience some level of missing home, but they're also probably going to be able to acknowledge it and be able to take care of it. Another benefit of working with teens is, you can learn from them more than just introspectively, right? Working with teens is a great way to learn something from somebody who else, who also is having had life experiences, you know, at 15, 16, they've done things in their lives that you probably haven't done in yours, which is weird to think when you're five, six years older than them at times, but they do have things that they can teach you. They might know how to play a guitar or know how to speak another language at that age. So they actually have someone to offer you that's more than just like, a, oh, well, I work at camp and I'm doing a good thing. And sometimes the kids teach me more than I teach them introspective learning. They actually have cool things that they can teach you how to do. Uh, and then finally, for me, one of the awesome parts about Oregon Teens is they sometimes as CITs or as leaders at camp, they start to make a difference. And because you're one of those people who is role modeling and mentoring them at that time, you're one of the people who is helping assist in that difference-making skill that they're building. So you know at the end of the day, when they leave summer camp, you may have helped someone become a better person who therefore will go out and make other people better people or enrich the lives of others. So that fulfillment that you have working with teens is one that really can't be you know, disregarded. It's just an amazing feeling. And it's one of the big reasons why I still work in camp, because I had that experience working with teens. And I didn't want to leave camp after it. Matt, what are some of the awesome things that you know that come from working with teens? 
Yeah, I like what you said that you can learn from them, and I think I think that's so applicable because they're older now, and you can have some pretty fully formed conversations with them about camp, about leadership and life, and 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 yeah, we'll talk about setting boundaries and and where you need to kind of steer clear from. But they can also argue their opinion. So if they have a thought about something, you can tease that out, and you're like, well, why do you think that? Or tell me more about that. And you can actually have some pretty fulfilling conversations where you will take away maybe a new perspective or. A new opinion from it as well. So I like it that you said that about uh, learning from them over. I think that's really smart. Um, what I liked about working with teens is that I could be a little more like casual in my approach to how I, how I was speaking with them. Um, I remember like I love playing games with teens because I could be a little bit more competitive. And a lot of them, you know, like they were faster than me, so I could run full tilt against them. And um, you know, that helped me. And then while I was playing that game, I always kept in mind that, you know, I was the staff member, so I I couldn't, you know, get super uber competitive and get rude with them, but I could also like egg them on a little bit and have fun in that way to help them be all in the goal of helping them be engaged with the program because, um, they're a teenager. They don't have to be treated like a young camper anymore who you have to let beat you at Gagaball. But if you're going to beat someone at Gagaball, you got to be the role model of, of how to win with grace, that kind of thing. Um, the other thing I would say is that um, they're the future of camp. And how cool is that, that you get to have um, that like last impression on them as the type of staff member that they could be someday or the type of um, person working with kids. And I don't think um, I can, I can overemphasize how much kids need that compassion and need a strong role model in their lives. I think I could say these days, but I think any day, I think, there's tons of outdoor outside influences telling um, kids and telling us that we need to make money. We need to rise to the top. We need to be better than everybody else. But um, to get the, to teach them the value of compassion and the value of community, I think that's, that's such an amazing gift. Um, And it sticks with teens more, I think than it does with, with younger kids. So those are, that's what, that's why I love it. So, um, and I think, and I'm glad that we're covering why it's great before we cover our, our, um, our writer inners, writer ins, our readers and emailers questions, um, about setting boundaries because it's, it's tough, but let's remember that it's super positive to you. Yeah. Uh, but go, yeah, swinging into that, let's talk a little bit about that difficult part of working with teams. What kind of, sometimes make it a little bit more challenging for us to work with somebody who may be closer to age than us as closer to age with us, or also, you know, has the ability to think independently on their own. So uh, <clears throat> I'll kick it off and say the first thing that happens with teens is they're not going to play for mind games. You're not really going to be able to distract them with a fun game. You're not going to really entertain them or distract them from what their feelings are. Um, they completely are cognizant of what's going on all the time. So understand that distracting them is going to be a little bit more challenging and has to also be real. You're not going to be able to send them on a secret mission somewhere or give them a special task or um, give them a new game to play or let them be first in line. Um, Sometimes you can do something that's similar to that. Um, For example, sometimes you might be able to give them a leadership opportunity and have them step up to the plate because maybe the issue they have at that current time was that they didn't feel like they were being trusted, that they were capable enough and they just need someone to be there for them. I'm giving advice when I'm supposed to be holding back on it. Sorry. It's a natural thing. Um, the next thing is <laughs> these teens do have life experiences, like I said before, and in some cases that does make them smarter, smarter than you, or at least they have experience in something you don't have. So you have to be understanding of that, that sometimes your campers are going to know things you aren't going to know. Uh, I find this, and although my separation isn't as little as it once was, uh, like with social media and the internet and memes and things moving so quickly, uh, even my staff who are maybe a year or two younger than me in some cases know way more about what's going on on the internet than I do. I am just starting to understand what TikTok is. So that's kind (laughs) of where I am. But I have staff who know almost every single major TikTok human being there is. So that's really important to know. They're going to have different life experiences than you. They're going to be smarter than you in some areas. You got to understand that. And sometimes that's just a really good excuse to say, tell me more, teach me. Um, the age difference. So a lot of the times you're working with teens, they might be really close to you in age. And you're going to have to make sure that you're focused on knowing that and that you're still a role model for them. 
And you have to act a different way because of that. We'll go into this in more detail in a little bit, but because of that difference and because of that spot that you have to stick to as a role model, it's really tricky to make sure you don't cross that line to someone who may look very similar to your friends because their age is so close to yours. So you have to make sure you do keep track of what that line would look like. A lot of the times when you're working with teens, they're in a transition from camper to whatever their next step might be. So that transition is really hard where they can't just focus on the fun, but they need to focus on the learning or the leadership that they're trying to get into the program. And then finally, there's some more serious issues that happen with teens that I know about. Um, working with teens, there's going to be discussions about sex. There's going to be discussions about drugs, alcohol, body image, peer pressure, suicide, self-harm. These are all different things that when I was a teen leadership counselor that all came up while I was in that position. It's a really important. We'll talk about it in a bit about following policies and making sure you're there for your campers and how to speak properly about these things with them. But it's really important that you realize at these times that you are the person who they are coming to with these, or you are the person who is on that first line of hearing about it and can be there to help them. So we'll talk about how to play it in a bit, but understand that that might be an issue that comes up with when you are a counselor with teens. Matt, what are some difficult things that come up when you've been working with teens? Yeah, I, I think that a lot of this stems from the fact that, um, you know, especially when you're working with, so our, our um, the person who emailed us said, you know, how do we help 18-year-olds work with 16-year-olds? I think a big part of it is like outside of camp, if you weren't working at camp, there'd be no reason why you wouldn't be friends with them. So I think that like keeping that in mind, um, what what's hard is that you've signed up to work at camp, right? So you've kind of sacrificed that. Like you can't, you can't be their best friend with them in that way. You can't um, have all those conversations that would go outside of the norms or the rules of camp. Um, and even more so just like socially, it can be really easy to fall into the realm of wanting them to like you versus wanting them, to, wanting them to have a great experience at camp. And we can still have them have a great experience at camp and have it not be about you. If they walk away having a great experience about camp and they think that you're a super awesome counselor, that's great. But if they just think that you were the quote unquote cool counselor um, and because you let them get away with stuff and that kind of thing, then you're not giving them the best camp experience um, and setting them up for success at camp in the future. Um, and also with working with teens, it's hard because you, you can't just tell them what to do. You know, you are, you're an authority, but you are also their camp counselor. And when they, when teens see that there's other hierarchy things going on, there's maybe an assistant director or a unit head and a director, um, they recognize that, you know, there isn't real recourse for not listening to you. If they, if they don't want to listen to you, they won't. So you have to, you have to kind of be on your game and it's not about playing mind games because you're right, Oliver, they, they won't fall for that. But I think that, um, it's about role modeling, enthusiasm, and trying to find experiences that you can do with them that get them to do it. Um, and uh, I, I don't want to give away because I think we're going we're gonna to get into some practical stuff, but I think it'll all, for me, it all comes back to role modeling and being authentic um, with them and following your procedures. I guess it's like that. It's like a triad of like, are you role modeling? Are you being your true self? And are you um, are you being authentic and are you following camp's rules? And I think if you fall under all those three things, um, I think you're golden. So I think we're going to get into some practical stuff, but maybe that, that th those three things are how I'll frame my advice coming up. All right. Uh, so the first practical skill we're going to talk, talking about is talking, you know, how can you have these conversations with teens and what do those boundaries really look like when you're having these conversations? I'm going to start with the tough one, which is just approach, uh, appropriate speech and how to talk. Now, every camp is going to have its own policies. Uh, I'm going to talk you kind of through uh, what it would be like to be in the difficult conversations. So how you might go about if someone wants to talk to you about sex or drugs or alcohol, um, how do you kind of gear into that conversation? So the first thing I say is check out your camp policy. If they say don't talk about sex, don't talk about drugs, just don't talk about it. A really easy way to do that is if a camper starts to bring that up in conversation, you say something along the lines of, hey, that's not a conversation I can have, or hey, look, that's not appropriate here at camp. Uh, you could say something along the lines of, why do you want to talk about that? Because you may not be able to talk about the specific thing, but you might be able to talk to the camper about why they're feeling that way or why they need to feel to bring that up. 
right? And that can be an appropriate conversation because, you know, it may not have to deal with specifically what's going on. It might just have to deal with what's going on with them. So that's another good way to do it. Um, some camps will maybe give you a little bit more leniency on how to talk about that. I don't think there's probably a lot of camps out there that are going to say, talk about your sex life with your campers. So that's kind of a no-no right off the bat. Yeah, don't do uh, that. Let's, let's be clear. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> I know that I would probably um, have some f- serious repercussions for any staff member who we found out was doing that. So yeah. please, please take our advice on that one. Try to stay away from there. Um, stay away from there. Don't do it. There's not many hard and fast things that we're going to say on this podcast, but for, for gosh sakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, maybe your campers do want to talk to you about the fact that like all of their friends are having sex and they're not keeping up. Like that's not about the sex. That's about the peer pressure of what's going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. So really think about what the heart of the issue is. And this could be the same with drugs or alcohol. Right. And you know, maybe they've had an experience in their life where they're a teen now and a friend has offered them drugs or a friend has offered them alcohol and they know they're not supposed to do it, but it's an experience they've had and they're a teenager. They don't know what to do yet. They don't know. And they're looking for answers. You're still allowed to be a mentor here, right? You probably can't give them a specific answer, right? Like you probably shouldn't say, oh yeah, everyone should try something at least once in their lives. Probably not the right answer to give to a camper, but you can ask them how do they feel about you know, when their friend offered them alcohol or, or how did they feel when they were offered drugs? And I think that the, another important thing here is making sure that you know that this conversation is probably not going to stay between just you and the camper. This is probably something that you're going to be bringing up to your camp director afterwards and say like, hey, I just want you to know I had a conversation with this teen camper and they have had drugs in their life where they've been offered alcohol or um, sexual, they are sexually active um, so that you're aware, your camp director is aware, and if your camp policy is necessary to make the parents aware of what might be going on in that camper's life. So it's really important uh, to note that these things do sometimes fall under mandatory reporter, which here in the United States is basically saying these are topics that need to be passed on to somebody else because they're warning signs of something that could be, you know, progressively worse for that camper and could jeopardize their safety. So uh, note if those things do come out, Make sure you are going to go and talk to somebody about it and make sure the camper knows that it doesn't stay between you and them. Have that conversation with them, maybe even before they begin to talk and say, hey, I just want to make sure you know that a lot of a lot of the times I might have to be mandatory reporter and talk about this with somebody else. Um, but please make sure you're still there for the camper. Make sure you are still listening to them. Um, and also make sure it's the right setting. I know I didn't go into that too much, but if this is an entire cabin, that might not be right because every teenager might be at a different stage in life. And if you're trying to have a camp discussion and somebody's bringing up one of these things, it might be a time for you to say, Hey, hold on. That's something that we need to talk about at another time. Um, and maybe a more private setting. So be aware of those things. It's a very difficult and very hard conversation to talk about, but uh, make sure that you're not just canceling it on the camper. Cause they might be wondering about some more things in their life. Um, I'm going to pass it over to Matt and we'll kind of go back and forth. I just talked for a lot and want to make sure he, I don't take up everything. No, I think, I think you're saying important things. So I appreciate you, um, you doing that, but I wanted to start off by talking about something that kind of nips in the bud. One of the things that our, uh, that our listener emailed us about, and, um, that was about, you know, making sure you're not losing your focus, um, on, like wanting to talk to the teens all the time. I think what I said off the top, one of the best things or that Oliver said off the top was one of the best things um, about teen campers is that like you don't need to take care of them as much. You don't need to worry about them as much. And I think um, that's really important to know, especially when teens aren't your campers or you're in an all camp game setting or maybe the dining hall setting. And it's really important to look at the to look at things from the scope of these teens don't need me as much, so I should refocus myself on the younger campers who do need me more. We do need to watch out, especially for younger campers in terms of, you know, at, at mealtimes, in terms of portion control, and do they have a place to sit, and do they need help cutting their food, or during an all-camp game, they might not have some of the social skills that teens have developed over the years. And I'm not saying to ignore the teens altogether, but it's all about remembering why you're there as a camp counselor, and, um, 
the biggest part about that is supporting kids who need it the most. And often the younger kids will need you more than the older kids. Um, and so again, it's not about not being aware, but it's about reframing that to who needs me the most and how can I be the most helpful. And for me, that was always helping and talking to the younger kids and then picking my moments with the teens as kind of an afterthought. I think kind of following up along those lines, I would say, just don't get caught up in their drama. Um, we There's enough issues with um, drama and camp staff that we navigate through every year as camp directors, but you know, teen campers are going to have that as well. And, and that could be because of hormones. It could be because of social pressure. Um, the worst thing you can do is to be like a source of gossip or even a recipient of that gossip. And so if, you know, a teen camper comes up to you and says, Hey, you know, I heard that this person and this person are making out and you'd be like, well, okay, well, let's, let's let them deal with that. And I'm not going to, you know, I I don't really want to talk about that. Can we talk about something else? And then redirect that conversation because you, you need to remember that as a counselor, you have your own friends, right? Your coworkers are your camp friends. And to say, if you, the more you show you're interested in those kinds of conversations, the more that you're going to perpetuate that it's being okay, right? So if you role model and redirect the conversation to something that is appropriate, what they're excited for about camp, um, what they want to do for free choice tomorrow, then you are, you're not getting into that drama. Um, and you're not also, um, kind of like affirming that it's okay to be talking about those things. Um, and I'll, I'll just give you one more before, before I go back to you, Oliver, I think in general with teens, it's less about, um, teaching them directly and, and like showing them how to be a good person by like, you know, we don't want to be condescending. I think teens really will notice when you're a not being authentic or B being condescending to them and treating them like they're a little kid, right? Remember that they're back at camp because they want to take on more leadership. So we want to treat them with that respect. Um, and part of that is through your authenticity and being a good role model, right? Um, so if it's not in your personality, you don't have to be that ob- like obnoxious, bubbly person about cleaning the cabin. You can have a real conversation and be like, hey, you know what? I get it that this is kind of gross, but we all live in community. We're all going to do this together. So, you know, like suck it up, folks. Let's do it together. Those kinds of conversations are okay to have, um, in my opinion, at least. Um, I think, again, going to like asking them why or explain what they mean. Um, the metaphor that I thought of is think of yourself as like a really good talk show host, right? If you look at James Corden or Jimmy Fallon, they do a really great job at, at like putting the spotlight on their guest um, and being like funny and collegial with them. But the, the talk show host still has a job to make sure the show's timing works and that they're getting on to the next segment and that things are staying appropriate for the censors, right? And if you think of yourself in that, um, aspect, I think that might help you reframe, um, that, like where to put the spotlight and how to redirect and how to move things forward when you need to. Oliver, can I turn it back to you? Yeah, of course. Uh, I'll never stop talking. Um, (laughs) yeah. So we started off with a little bit more of that really directly inappropriate conversation, which I think is a big fear for a lot of staff. Uh, the one inappropriate conversation that I think gets caught a lot, but not a lot of people think about right off the bat is the appropriate conversation about fellow staff camp as a whole and other mm. campers, um, mm. especially for these staff in training or counselors in training or these leaders at camp who are trying to become leaders, you know, how do you talk about camp in a positive way, especially on those long days in summer where you're like, man, I'm super, super tired. And you don't catch yourself doing it all the time until afterwards where you realize, oh man, I just talked really poorly about this staff member who, you know, maybe in the back of your head, you're not thinking is a great staff member, but still it doesn't help that staff member when you just put doubt in the heads of all of your campers, right? So you do need to make sure that when you're talking about fellow staff and camp and campers, it's in a positive sense, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a CIT or a teen who comes up to you and says something along the lines of, you know, why did they hire that staff member or why does camp do pancake on Saturdays and not on Sundays or why does camp like why hasn't camp sent that camper home yet or why hasn't Mm. camp um done anything to help that camper in some way your job as a counselor is to say all right cool let's do something about it or you know it's okay that's not part of our business or that's something that we're going to work on now or whatever it might be that you need to say in that situation, I just gave a lot of different examples. So it's hard to give specific words to say to them, but it's important that you stay positive and that you really truly think about, all right, cool. The image that I'm painting of 
staff, camp, and campers is the image that this camper is going to take away or this mm-hmm. teen is going to take away from me. So I need to make sure that they see camp in this positive light. A lot of people talk about how that second year camp is popping a bubble or that first year you become a staff member pops that bubble of how wonderful camp is. <laughs> Your job as a, working with these teens is to show them that that bubble is real. It can be real. There's a reason why that bubble has existed. It's mm-hmm. because the staff who are role modeling right there and then are the ones who are keeping that bubble there so that the kids can live in it and enjoy it and really have a good time. So it's now talking to those campers about making the bubble and making this great camp place possible. So don't talk poorly about others in camp, talk positively, talk about how you can make things better and what you're going to do to do so, Uh, or how you can help another person. How can you help that camper have a better experience? How can you, you know, really enjoy those pancakes on a Saturday instead of a Sunday? And how can you make sure that that staff member who looks like they'd be struggling, you know, that that teen understands why they're struggling. You know, maybe that counselor had a really tough day the night before with a camper who threw up in their cabin in the middle of the night and they had to clean it up. And that's why it looks super tired as a lifeguard, right? Maybe something happened. You know, you need to think about how to best enrich your teens so that they understand the positivity of camp. Sorry, that's a long one, but yeah, appropriate speech. Don't get caught up in talking negative about things that are going on at camp with your teens because it paints a negative image. Matt, go. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's huge. Again, role modeling, right? It, it all come. It really all does come down to that. Um, I have another tip for you about if um, a hard conversation comes up or something's going on. I think um, that you can lean on your camps and community values to help you out of those conversations. So three things to help you do this. One, it's good to know what your off-limit topics are in the first place and setting that early with uh, campers in a cabin contract. Cabin contracts are just as, as important with teens if you and just so we all know what a cabin contract is it's usually on the first day i usually frame it like i get kids to write down um like what do you want to do this week and then they they bring some cool ideas and they say okay like what do we need to do to make sure we can always do those fun things and then i frame the conversation of how do we need to treat each other what do we need to do and then every camper we write those down on a big piece of paper or construction paper and then every camper signs it and that's our like behavior contract for each other that week. So, you know, setting up your values within that contract is a great thing to go back to and be like, Hey, you know, um, we really shouldn't be talking about that because that's not in our values of building each other up or at camp. You know, we had the four S's, uh, at a lot of the camps that I worked at. And one of those was, you know, does it build mine or other self-esteem? And you can see like, well, I really don't think that when we talk about someone like this, it, it builds their self-esteem. Um, so, you know, I think, I think we should talk about something else. Um, and then the, the big one here is reminding teens that they are an example for the younger campers. Um, I think that that is like my go-to card is reminding them that the camp experience is more than just about them, that we want to make sure that the six-year-old camper who's seeing them do things um, is getting that good impression for the future as well. Um, so I think that's one. I think the other one, I think the last one that I would say is if you mess up, fess up. Um, I, I will go on the record and say that by total accident, I swore in front of my campers when I was a counselor. I think I got like hit in the head with a ball. And I think I, I said um, the poop word, but not poop word. And, and you know, what, what I took from that situation was that like what I should have said right in that moment, I should be like, you know what? Hey, that's not okay that I said that. Um, I was just frustrated that I got hit. I think I was more awkward about that as a, as a 16, 17 year 18 year old staff. But I think if you make that mistake, calling yourself out and checking yourself is a great way to show that, you know, you hold yourself to the same standard that you would hold them to. Do you have anything else, Oliver, for some Uh, practical tips? Yeah, I think I got two more. Uh, The first one that I'm going to say is uh, when we're upset at campers, uh, especially teens, it's really easy for us to use a couple of lines. Some of my favorites are, you are supposed to be a leader now. Uh, what a line that is. It's just absolute guilt or going the uh, the other route of like, I'm so disappointed in you because you're a mentor and they're going to take that disappointment pretty to heart uh, if they if they truly believe in you and they know what they did was wrong. Uh, we use those a lot. And although I think <laughs> growing up in a, I think in the household that I grew up with, my mom loved using guilt as a, as a way to make sure that we were doing the right things. But it's also important because when you say those types of things, 
teens are going to get a better understanding of what they did wrong because they know they affected somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they weren't what they expected they were supposed to be. And uh, it is important sometimes for those teens to realize that as hard as it might be to say to them. The biggest thing that I do say is getting angry at a teen is maybe the least effective way you can do it. So if you're doing this intentionally to hurt them instead of being a leader for them, they're going to know that they're going to get angry at her, angry at you because you're not being authentic with them. They know that you're using this as a ploy and they're going to become more rebellious. Um, I've seen this in a circumstance where an entire, we call them our village of CITs just rebelled as a whole because they were so upset that um, they weren't being taken seriously and they thought they were being treated like kids. And then when we tried to, we were angry and we didn't operate correctly. Every camp director has to admit that they were wrong at some point. We were definitely wrong at this point. We were calling them out for their actions when we should have paused, taken some time, walked into the room that we had all the teens in there and be all right, a mistake has been made. We've made it as a whole because we're supposed to be your mentors and you're supposed to be future leaders. These are things that happen. Let's start working on how we're going to solve it for tomorrow, right? That is such a better approach because you're showing your teens that you're not going to guilt them. You're not going to yell at them. You're not going to feel, make them feel guilty and all these things. You're going to stop, be patient with them and role model how to properly solve their problems. And it doesn't, <clears throat> it doesn't stop there. It starts with solving the problems instead of just being angry or mad about what's going on. So that's really important for moving forward. Um, something that's a little bit off topic, but still has to do with the communication that you have with campers. And another point that I'm making right here is just social media in general. You are probably younger than Matt and I. Um, If you're not, it's okay. We're going to catch you up a little bit. But with social media, uh, it is really easy for you to have your profile and leave it open. I highly suggest to you as a counselor, when summer camp hits, you make your profile private in whatever way that social media does so, so that only certain people have access to it. Uh, It's fine. Even if you are posting on your social media things that are totally appropriate, and are heartwarming and great and kind, it's still your personal life. Uh, And because of you providing that personal life to people, it's really awkward if a 10-year-old camper comes up to you and asks you about your personal life. It's super weird when a teenager comes up to you and says, oh, I saw you had a lot of pictures with Meredith. Are you and Meredith dating? No, you and Meredith are just really good friends and you like to do that, but it stops that conversation from happening in the first place. Uh, A lot of counselors today will have a second account or a Finsta or um, uh, another Facebook or whatever it might be that has a different name and it's more for their personal use. Uh, It's a great way to be able to be yourself on social media, but also note that sometimes campers can still find you. Um, I know of a specific staff who one counselor had a Finsta and their camper really liked them. So they found them on Finsta. And because that Finsta was friends with all the other staff, the entire Finsta world of that camp got blown up by this one camper. And then it was all ruined for them on their personal, um, what they believed was going to be a secret society of just these camp people. So uh, just know it's not always safe. It's not always foolproof. If you slightly change your name. Um, So just be wary of that when you're going into the world of social media as somebody who's probably younger than myself or Matt, you probably know more about the internet than we do, but that's our advice as a camp director. You still have to be careful. You still have to be wary about who might be able to find you and what you might have on the internet. It's the same old verbiage that you've probably heard your entire life. So just be careful about what's going on and follow the policy your camp has. Like we say all the time. I, th- I think I'll follow up on that quickly with, it's also about thinking about what example that you're setting for uh, for yourself and for your camp. You represent, I think I've, I've been on my soapbox a ton of times about this. You represent your camp and whether you're private or not, what kind of impression are you setting to parents and campers out there about who you are and who the type of people your camp hire, right? If, if I'm a boss and I'm looking up people on Instagram that are applying to staff, and, and I have the right to do that. I totally can. And I see that your profile is open and it's full of um, stuff that you know, like maybe you're drinking in it, and maybe you're maybe you're above 21 in the states or above 18, uh, above 19 in Canada. But like, I still want the parents and the kids to be seeing that you are an awesome person 
um, 100% of the time. So um, it'll help you keep your job. And I think it's also good because it'll help camp out, set a good impression of who their staff are. Um, all right. Uh, we're going to talk briefly about setting them up for the next step. So a lot of your campers who are coming to this program are trying to uh, do something after it, right? They're trying to get some type of enrichment from camp and then move on with it. So this is my slight soapbox for a lot of people because uh, it's really important to me. And it's the foundation of what I look at when I look at teens and when it, teens who are going to be coming back and working for camp. And to understand this, these teens are the future of the camp you love. They're the future of all camps in general, they're going to set the standard for what our society and what our culture is going to be. If you have been to camp, you know that we want to represent the best of all of the good that is in the world. We want to talk about honesty, respect, responsibility, and caring. We want to talk about the four S's. We, we churn out people from camp who are going to make the world a better place. Case closed in that goal, Right. It is up to you who's working with these teens who are right on the precipice of making that change to make sure that you are teaching and role modeling your best and that you're not going to cut corners or condone poor results and make sure and just do things that aren't right when it comes by these teenagers. It's the detriment of a great future because they're going to have to build on the broken ground you're leaving. You're preparing them to be a better you. This doesn't mean you stress them with unattainable expectations but it does mean that you hold them to the values of your camp, that you're a good person and you follow the rules and standards so that you can show them that you're trying to be better every day and that they can one day be better than you. Soapbox ended. Please, please just put that on repeat a hundred times. It's so important. <laughs> uh, but Matt, please take it away. I'll get off the soapbox. I need to find some like royalty-free music to edit over top of that because that was brilliant. I love it. Because you are building on the broken ground. I love it. I love it. I think that's great. I think it's really empowering. Um, I'll, I'll kind of jump up and say something that I, I think um, is really important too is just tell kids that they're awesome. Tell teens when they do something awesome, you point to them and you say, yes, that that is amazing and I, I and i think we we should mean it too we should be real with them don't don't lie to them and, and tell them that they're awesome when they just were, were okay when they were leaving that program but if they're great and they're awesome and you think that they are going to be a leader or a difference maker in the world we it's our job to tell them that and um a life can be changed travis if, if um you know travis allison who runs the camp hacker podcast go camp pro he has a great ted talk that that talks about the power of of um, small moments and one caring adult in a kid's life um, and how Travis's life was changed when his counselor brought him outside of the cabin one night and said, Hey, Travis, I think you're going to be a really great staff member someday. And that completely altered the course of his life. Um, so when you see kids who are going to aspire to greatness, you should tell them that. Um, we had a great, um, I was at a Christian camp most recently, and he he came for like a, a Vespers with the staff and he, he said it really great. Um, that Oliver's inspirational speech made me think of this. He said that it's our job as caring people to take, take a kid and reach inside of them and come out and grab you like, Hey, this is what I noticed about you. And you show it to them right in front of their face. And you say, this is why you're amazing. You are great because they might not hear that anywhere else in the world. So I think it's really important that we are empowering them to be better people. Um, and by pointing out that, Hey, you're great. You're going to be great. I want to help you be the best you can be. And that can be a great way to reframe any sort of like conversation where they're falling short of the camp rules or policies or anything like that. So just tell them they're awesome. There you go. All right. Uh, and then if you're looking to be a counselor with teens or you're going to be a counselor with teens, here are some things that we want you to make sure you're thinking about. Note your age. You know, some camps do require a specific age. I know, um, my camp specifically says that you should be 21 if you're going to be working with campers um, in our team leadership areas. So that's an important thing. Note your age. Know that it is important. That's a requirement. Uh, just know that camp experience sometimes isn't enough. Get out there into the world when you're not at summer camp and find a way to be in involved with teens or with um, kids in a way outside of camp so you can come back with an experience to give back to those teens and to camp as a whole. And then typically understand that a lot of these jobs with teens do require some more skills. It might be a certification like mental health first aid or wilderness first aid or archery, or you might need to know some other skills on camp, like how to canoe or how to do archery. Uh, 
having those skills is really beneficial for these programs, but also sometimes necessary. So no, you might have to go out of your way to be better at some of the skills necessary to be in those team leadership programs. Matt, what are some other things that you need to think about if you're going to be working with teens or you're looking for that job? Yeah, I would say just get some experience, right? Um, at a local maybe youth shelter or teen center. I know there's a couple in the city that I live. Um, volunteer with coaching sports or teaching swimming lessons. Any kind of experience that you can get um, with working with kids is a good, but if you can gear that toward teens, um, which is why I think about like local sports, local hockey is crazy in St. Thomas, Ontario. And I know that there's a lot of teens in high school, grade 11 and 12 that are doing uh, volunteer coaching on the side. So they're working with teens every single day. Um, I think when it comes to camp, just look for opportunities to work with the older, with, with teens, even if you're not their counselor. So um, maybe running programs with them or being a station leader during a game. Um, and then talking to senior staff about their experiences, what was hard, what was rewarding, that kind of stuff. Because, um, you know, you got to practice. You can't just assume you're going to be good with working with teens or else you're going to be like me and you're going to swear by accident and not know what to say. Um, so the more experience you can get, the more um, tactfully you can uh, navigate those challenging conversations. As you may well know, Matt and I like to talk so much and sometimes we don't even talk about everything we wanted to talk about. So if you take a look at our show notes, you're going to see there's actually a list of programs that are really cool to run with your teen leadership program or your teens in general. It's stuff that's focused on teens. So you can go and take a look at that in our show notes. And you can find those show notes over at camphacker.tv forward slash podcast. Awesome. And with that being said, that means it's time for the final portion of our show. It's time to get ready, which means you're getting ready for summer camp. So Matt, what is something that a counselor can do right now to start getting ready for summer, which is getting pretty close? Yeah, we're getting there. Um, I think that this can be done on a periodic basis, but just taking a look at what social media you do have. Um, and just like, I call it a social media audit that you're, you know, looking like, am I following people that are giving me joy that are setting me up to be a good person? Am I, um, what type of person am I putting myself out there in the world to be? So, you know, some people will say that they have like their camp self They're you know, like, I feel like I'm my best when I'm at camp and I have my camp self. But if your camp self is who you love, then just be your camp self all the time, right? And um, so look at what's influencing you and, and what are you putting out there? And I would say even if it's a Finsta account, you're still saying something about yourself on that Finsta account. So, um, you know, why are you posting those things? What What's the, the underlying message about it? And if you're happy with that, then great. And if you're not, then make a change. All right. My get ready uh, started off as one thing and became another thing. So I'm just going to give you two today. So extra special bonus get ready. Um, if you're sitting there wondering about if you should go back to camp and it's this time of the year, which might be February when we're recording this, but if you hear it another time, it doesn't matter. This makes sense whether it's December or November for many camps. But if you don't know, if you want to go back to the camp, apply, apply. Even if you don't know, the reason being is because myself as a camp director, am going to fill positions and then I'm going to have disappointed staff who aren't going to be coming back because even when they apply, the first thing I'm going to be sending them is, I'm sorry, everything's been filled. And it's the unfortunate truth that you may have waited just too long. So if you are on the fence, put your name in the pool at the very least. If it's not in the pool, you don't get to play. So that's really important. Uh, and then finally, my other one that I came, with, came up with during the show is – reach out to the people who may be losing camp in their lives, right? So if you're listening to this, you probably have a camp that is your home camp, right? I think a lot of our listeners are camp people. Um, and if you're not a camp person yet, you're becoming one, which is great. But there's a lot of people who may come for a summer or two or three, and then they continue on with their lives and may be separating from the tide of camp. Shoot them a message, find a way to get them back to camp. Um, the age-old joke is, you know, oh, yeah, I'm going to come and visit. No, actually plan that visit. Actually find a way to get back to camp and reminisce about some of those things. Or if it's not camp, find a spot to meet in the middle and have lunch. But don't let camp people get too far away from the boat or you might lose them. So um, send out that lifeline and get them back into a place that they probably loved a lot and are just now coming up with excuses for why they can't come back. Be the excuse for why they can that's my second get ready. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for tuning into the show today. Uh, if you want to get a hold of myself, you can reach out to me on Facebook. It's just my name, Oliver Gregan. 
And if you want to send me a nice formal email, you can always send to oliver.gregan at ghymca.org. I'll answer your questions and I'll give you hope for camp this summer or whatever you're looking for. I'm there. So Matt, how can we get a hold of you? Yeah, for sure. You can reach out to me at Matt, M-A-T-T, at gocamp.pro. You can find me at Iskis on Instagram. Um, I've, I've had some listeners, I think, uh, follow me on Instagram, which is fun. My, my wedding photos are going up there uh, right now, and they're only six months late. <laughs> but uh, So that's exciting. But I also wanted to take a second and thank uh, our lovely listener who inspired this topic, um, we, we didn't want to mention you by name just because if, if that's something your staff are struggling with, we don't want to you know call you out on that one. But if, if you as a counselor are struggling with something or have a question about something, or if you're a camp director listening to this, we would love to um, make these, uh, these episodes as specific as we can to help you. That's why we're doing this podcast in the first place, because we believe that camp counselors should all have these skills to be the best they can be. So thank you for you doing that, for sending that out. And uh, thanks for those of you who have given us feedback. Um, I really appreciate it. And we'll do our best to send you something personal every time you email us. So uh, that's either Matt at gocamp.pro or oliver.gregan at ghymca.org. Yep. And if you do enjoy what we're doing with our show, please, we'd be so grateful you just left us a review wherever you were listening to this podcast. Your ratings and reviews not only help us know what you like, but they also let us know what you want to hear more of. So boost our ratings, go and like our posts, and more people can discover the amazing stuff that we're doing at the show. Yeah, I would also say you should, uh, over the next little bit, we are going to be moving to our own podcast platform. Um, so we have been gracious that Travis has included us in the Camp Hacker news feed or the Camp Hacker podcast feed for a while, but we're going to move over to our own place pretty soon. Um, so make sure you're tuning in to the Go Camp Pro Instagram, um, as well as the website camphacker.tv slash podcast, um, so that you know when we're going to be switching because there'll be a time in the next couple of episodes, it might even be before the end of this season, that we're going to be not in the Camp Hacker feed anymore. So just stay tuned to that. Um, and you can do that by going to camphacker.tv slash podcast, and you'll see our show notes um, from our podcast and the Camp Hacker podcast and some more things that are going on with Go Camp Pro. Thanks for listening, friends. And remember, camp is camp and camp's all good. First Class Counselors is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, Camp Pros, we love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, we hope that whenever you share an idea that you learn from the Camp Hacker podcast, conference, summer camp professionals group, or wherever else, that you're quick to give credit where credit is due. That way, we can all encourage more camp pros to share the tips and tricks that will make camp better.